All right, dude, let's rock and roll. Now? Yeah, let's do it. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, <laughs> dare uh, I ask? <laughs> as a loaded question. Yes. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss our week scene. The re- nope. Ah, chukabo, wookie, freaky, freaky, slim as shape. What? What? Uh, it almost sounded like you were going to go, wookie, slim, shady. Yeah, I'm not that clever. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss our reeks in the arena. What's a reek? Bi- What's a reek in the arena? What are you talking about? You said reeks. Reeks in the arena? Discuss our reeks in the arena. Our our weeks. I've got a clown a clown chest. Clown chest. I've got a clown chest. I love to see a clown chest. Those are the funniest kind of chests, man. to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss our weeks in the arena, some big Clash Royale news, and of course, a solid deck spotlight. Boom! Boom! Love it, man. What's going on? We are here for episode 37. Three, seven, boom. It's a big show before I go uh, to London next week. Well, actually, by the time it releases, you'll actually be in London. More than likely, if not, right before uh, I'll release this episode. So, yeah. But either way, I'll be sipping my tea and eating some crumpets. I've never been to London. How excited are you? I'm freaking out, actually. Uh, The girlfriend and I have a plan to go to the Warner Brothers studio tour, which we already paid for. So that's going to be fantastic. And you might say, why are you going there, Rob? That sounds cool. But like, what specifically about Warner Brothers are you excited about? Well, Joe, I'll tell you. (laughs) We get to tour the Harry Potter set. Boom. How ridiculous is that? Dude, that's so awesome. But I don't know if I'm more impressed with the fact that you're actually going to see the Harry Potter set or about the fact that you just had a legitimate an, conversation an with yourself. Entire conversation with myself. I mean, I could try and do that for the whole episode. That's what I'll do when you're not here one time. What are you going to do? Like, I'll just record myself saying things and it'll just be the one side of the conversation. And then I'll go back and record myself doing the other side of the conversation so I can naturally speak to myself. Which is fine, but I think it's easy to record everything that I say because 95% of the words that come out of my mouth are boom. Are boom. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, you don't really have many other words. I've just, got, I'm a, simple, I'm a simple man, dude. I mean, you have, you have variants of boom, right? Mega boom, pentaboom, but again, boom, right? I mean, it, like I said, I'm a simple guy. So <laughs> it, I, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, and there ain't much else. Uh, boom <laughs> boom and that's how take notes people that is how you start a podcast episode so this week in the arena joe and i uh hit our highest trophy counts ever and as excited as i am i'm actually more excited for you because you made it to a very impressive number this week dude i cannot stress this enough we had Hazard and Sirtag from Nova Esports on our show last episode. And I got to tell you, man, the one lesson that we had at that point in time was honestly the most beneficial thing that has ever happened to me while playing Clash Royale. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Other than uh, good old Woody coming on our show because he taught us a deck that has by far passed any deck I've ever used. So, yes, let me just rephrase. Woody has given me the deck that has taken me to my highest trophy count. Sirtag and Hazard have given me the tips and tricks to use the deck to its fullest potential and get me to my new, my new high. And you, you as well. So I think, I, dude, I just cannot believe it. I never, ever, ever would have imagined. If you would have asked me three weeks ago if I would have ever thought I would have hit this trophy count, I'd be like, dude... Give me another like five months and maybe I'll get there. <laughs> mm, yep. That's that. You know what? For me, I would probably say 
uh, dude, give me like five months and I will never get there because <laughs> there's no way, there's no way I would have ever made that, uh, happen without their help. So huge thank you to those guys, but let me say my trophy count. So then we can, uh, bask in your glory of your final number. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So my personal best this week is 45 45. That's a very awesome number. It is a good number. Um, especially because obviously it's my highest number that I uh, have ever reached, but 4545. Four, it's easy to remember. Easy to remember. And as for me, I also hit my all time high, which was. Wait, 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 wait. Drum roll, please. 4710. Boom! Boom! Challenger 3, baby! That's right, dude. And you know what's funny? Like, at the beginning of this season, if you... Like, I looked at people that were in Challenger 3, and I would just be like, wow, that golden badge just I want looks that badge. Like, I want that badge. <laughs> and that badge just looks so unattainable. <laughs> yeah. No, There's I agree. no way I was going to get it. It's really all about the three swords. I mean, really, what's cooler than that? It is just so nice and shiny. It goes from bronze to silver to gold. Eventually, you get to master... I still don't think I'll ever get there, but uh, it's been a really awesome couple of weeks in the arena, just focusing on a couple of fundamental things. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to be where we are. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I've been taking a lot of what Hazard uh, originally told me and really working on my troop placement because I think that that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, And I'm honestly paying way more attention to... uh, not leaking elixir for those of you who don't remember that's when you let your elixir bar get to 10 and not do anything from there um so even if it's just throwing down something like my ice spirit or my skeletons or even i mean i have my knight and my archers right because i'm still using the mortar mauler deck um just starting those troops in the back splitting my archers up which when i was originally playing this deck i wasn't splitting them up um and i think that kind of let my opponent know what lane i was going down And that was a big thing. So I think splitting them up makes it so that you're not really letting them know and you're not technically deciding anything until they decide where they're going. And you can either go on the same side as them or go on the opposite side, depending on what they throw down. So I'm finding that that kind of thing um, or those kinds of things I'm really paying attention to. Another thing, have you noticed that you've been paying attention to trying very hard not to overcommit when you're playing defense now? Absolutely, dude. For me, I've always been pretty good at defending, but Tag really, really focused with me on picking the right troops at the right time to defend against the right units. And it's amazing how you can have two cards in your hand that will effectively kill an offensive troop coming down the lane, Mm -hmm. but depending on what your opponent has in their hand, they can easily counter the one card that you throw down, but not be able to counter the other. and. One thing that I really focused on, aside from, you know, I, I, I say that I had three common themes that Tag really worked with me on. One of them, like you mentioned, was not overcommitting on defense. The second thing was understanding and knowing your opponent's cards. Mm-hmm. I find often that when I'm playing a deck and when I'm playing in a match, I play every action as just an action. Like, I don't. I don't go through the thought process of, oh, this guy is playing a giant lightning deck and remember every single card in his hand as he's playing, <laughs> you know? Um, but by paying attention to that, you can then kind of strategize in your head what card you should use to defend against his pushes. Because if he has a lightning, you don't want to throw down a musketeer to defend against a giant right because you're playing into what he wants you to do no right it definitely gives you a better way of planning when you're gonna decide what cards you want to throw out so like i've been coming across um a lot of decks that include lava hound and balloon um and subsequently those decks also include minion hordes uh because they really want me to use my arrows on the minion hordes so that way when they drop the lava hound and the balloon combo i really can't do anything about it So because I know this, um, 
I'm able to plan accordingly and only use my arrows when I need to. As a matter of fact, I use my archers when they throw their minion horde out now. And I also combine that with my ice spirit. That usually is enough. And if I have to distract them, I can either throw out my knight or I can throw out my skeletons. Again, that's if you're playing the mortar mauler. But I think ultimately the point there is if you know what your opponent has and you can keep track of that effectively throughout the match, you can plan your moves better. If you play blindly like I was previously, mm-hmm. I was still able to manage. I was still able to get to 4,000. But my issue was I couldn't get past that. There was a hump that I just couldn't get over. Hump day! Hump day! When you focus on that one small thing, it's amazing how easily it allows you to just get over the cliff. Right. You know? And then I think the last theme, which you mentioned before, is elixir management, i.e. do not leak elixir. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how many times when you really focus and when you really pay attention to it, just how many times your bar hits 10 throughout any given match. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're literally throwing elixir away. Not only are you throwing your elixir away, but you're allowing your opponent to gain an elixir advantage over you. Yep. If you do that three, four, five times over any given match, depending on whether it's single or double elixir time, you know, you can, you can probably give up like five or six elixir over the course of any given match. Just imagine if, you're, if you could have a, a six elixir advantage over your opponent. Think yep. about the, the advantage that you could have over in that game and how much easier it would be for you. Flip it around and just think about how hard it is for you to come back at that point. <laughs> right. And, you know, a little bit different, um, but also in line with strategy, uh, something else that happened to the two of us is we both got our knight and our archers to level 12, which I think is huge, <laughs> both, both of which are 50,000 gold apiece, which was a pain in the butt. Um, but I think that aside from learning all the skills, having your cards at the right level make a huge difference. And at your level and my level, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to play against people that are level 12 playing with level 12 and level 13 cards. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think one other thing that happened to me this week was I finally got my log to level two so I can finally kill level three princesses with the log, dude. So I'm no longer getting killed by those anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I, I, I love having a level two log. It makes taking out uh, barbarians much easier. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really it for us uh at least in the arena this week um we had some updates to the clan happen uh which we actually announced this past week um and it's going into effect next week so everybody has a little bit of time to kind of roll with the punches and get used to what's going on so Previously, when we first started this whole shebang, uh, we had a one donation minimum. Then we subsequently raised that to, what, 25, I believe? Yep. Yep. Um, and that was just mainly to try and get people a little bit more active. Um, so we, we kind of hiked it up a little bit more this time around, um, and we made the new clan minimum donation 100. So do you want to kind of give a little bit of background as to what our thought process was for this one? Because it is a big change. Sure. And I think for us, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about for a while, right? Um, for us, we've always been a casual podcast. Mm-hmm. We've always been casual clans. And of course, there's going to be people that are a little bit more, call it hardcore casual than not. Right. Um, but I think that the thing for us is that we find that there is a big difference between being casual and being inactive, right? Correct. And what we want to do is just ensure that we're differentiating between the two within the clan. And, you know, it just so happens that between the two main clans and then the, the, the 13 other unofficial clans that we have from the community that have been built up, you know, from our main clans, you know, every so often there's about anywhere from five to seven to eight people that are right around the 25 to 30 donation limit. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, a lot of people kind of just sit around like 26, like they get their 25 and then they just kind of like, they're done. For the they week. throw in the <laughs> towel. Yeah, they're done. Game over. Um, and so what that says to us is, you know, if you're sitting at 26 and you don't play any games and you're not contributing to the clan chests or, you know, the, the 2v2 chests in any way, shape or form for a number of weeks, then you're probably just kind of like sitting there holding the spot, which isn't really fair to the community. Um, And I think the thing for us, Rob, is this journey has really been so amazing for us. And the podcast has just become 
bigger than we've ever thought it would have been, and a lot of people want to join. So to be fair to those people who are maybe more active, but still maybe casual or hardcore casual, whatever you want to call it, they can join. They have the opportunity to join. And you know, we find that for the past seven weeks, we haven't kicked anybody because everybody's sitting at 26 donations. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I think for, for us, this was a, it was not an easy decision, but it, it was not a hard decision. And I, I think ultimately everybody in the clan kind of understands it. Um, we are not moving away from a casual feel, but we just want to ensure that everybody is active within the clans and that everybody's kind of contributing in the same way, shape or form. Yeah, and honestly, even if if even if anyone is worried about hitting their donation uh, minimum, I think that as long as you're in the game at least once a day, you should be fine. Especially when people are trying very hard to overlevel their commons, so to speak. Um, I mean, for most people, they need forty donations, so a lot of people can get their donations in when people request commons. I actually am going out of my way to ask for more common cards. Um, just because of that. So I am still trying to get my rocket first. I need that thing to level nine. Dude, I totally agree with you. That is the number one card that I am currently requesting from the clan because I need to get my rocket. I need to kill <laughs> big mama sparkies that are level three with my rocket. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying that I have to rocket a level three sparky and then waste a log. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. But it is nice that I do have the log. So that's a good backup plan, I guess. So I shouldn't complain too much. Um, but yeah, so that's the new clan minimum. Hope you enjoy it. And hopefully it's not too much for anybody to hit because we don't think it will be. Boom. Boom. Um, and then the last thing is actually an update to our Discord. Uh, and uh, as Joe was saying before, our clan, this podcast, and even the Discord has grown to the point where it's getting very difficult for Joe and I to be on all the time and at least quote unquote, moderate everything that's happening. Um, so we kind of put in a request and an open call for everyone to kind of volunteer, um, or at least ask for volunteers, uh, for people to quote unquote, I guess, apply for the moderator role. Um, we're looking for maybe three, possibly four people, um, essentially to moderate the channel, cleaning up chat, making sure that there's no inappropriate conversations happening, deleting posts, stuff like that. Nothing real crazy. Yeah. And I think for us, like you mentioned, like we can't be there all the time, but you know, because we've, because so many people have joined, it's really hard to kind of manage all of the, all of the channels that we've created, even though they, they clearly indicate the rules. People don't always follow them. So. <laughs> and we've been kind of lax when it comes to the rules because most people tend to follow them, but we don't really tend to stop people if, if there's like a good conversation going. So, but if there's, if the, if all, if the same chat is going to happen in every channel, then there's really no reason for the channels and we need the channels. So that's why we need the moderators. Yes. Yeah, so we got some applications and we will be sorting through those to pick them in the next coming weeks. Boom. Boom. Uh, so. For the game, not too many things have happened, but the things that have happened are kind of a big deal. They're huge. They're kind of a big deal. So the first one is we had a new card release, and that card is the heal spell. And before that card was actually released, a couple of days prior, we had a special heal challenge. So now how did you feel about this challenge? when you first played in it so like my very very first game like my first entry your free entry okay so just to start off as we always do i want to say that i love the fact that they started this off with a free entry because to be honest with you i didn't know what the heal spell was going to be like right Mm -hmm. and i didn't know how i was going to play and i wasn't sure how this draft challenge was going to go i do love the fact that it was a draft challenge Agreed. Aside from that, I found that it was extremely difficult to play in the very first time that I, that I did my entry fee. So the, the, the free entry, I did miserable on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Of <laughs> um, course. I think I won two total games. And, and for me, I was just like, this is, it's too hard. Like, I wanted to play with the heal spell because I don't want to give my opponent the heal spell because it's, it's a new, brand new card. I want to play with it. I want to see what it's like. Right, right, but, right, right. At the end of the day, I was taking the heal spell and I had no idea how to use it. And oh, by the way, not every card works well with it. So 
I found myself losing, I think, because I was getting the heel spell and I didn't know what I was doing with it. I love the fact that they gave one-time um, uh, rewards. So as you won more games, you got more rewards. They started doing that with the Bandit Challenge, and I thought it went really, really well, right? Mm-hmm. So aside from that, what I did not like was after I lost my free entry, dude, to be honest with you, I was pretty discouraged because the next time that I wanted to play that game, do you remember how much it cost? Oh, uh, it's, it's burned into my brain because I was shocked that it was as high as it was. 100 gems. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, okay, so hold on a minute. You almost did it though, because you thought it was 10, because I thought it was 10. Oh, I, I almost immediately went back in. Uh huh. So I lost my free game and I was like, you know what? This stunk. And I literally won two games and the games that I lost, I got absolutely annihilated on. So I was like, I'm discouraged as it is, right? Normally I try and get more than two wins when I do a challenge. Right. <laughs> and then I see, like, my brain registers that it's 100 gems to play the next one. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I want the heal spell that bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know because if I only won two games this time around, how many am I going to win next time? Four, five, seven? Even if I win six, I think my, my reward was only, like, t- what was it? A guaranteed 10. Yeah. heal spells yeah so i was like you know what i'm not gonna do it so i waited like two hours and then the temptation gave in of i course. logged back in of course and, and i played again um and ultimately you you won you won all 12 games right and you got the card i did so f- somehow some way i went from winning two games and losing the rest of them to my second entry winning 12 games and losing one and it was amazing i couldn't believe it and I did get the heal spell, so I got all, the, all of the one-time fees. Yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't make it to the 12 wins. I actually got really annoyed. Um, but I did, I did wind up getting the card. I think I won like, uh, I think I won seven games or maybe eight games. I think I got the chest. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I did get the card. I was very upset that I didn't make it to uh, at least the 25,000 gold because that would have been a nice prize but I agree with you man 100 gems for a challenge like this especially since it's for a rare card granted the card is not out yet but it's for a rare card all things said and done is personally not worth it I did it because I wanted the card but honestly I kind of didn't really care after I got it like I was done no part of me was really pushing to make it to the 12 wins. Yeah, could I? Probably, if I <laughs> dumped like a thousand more gems into it, but I'm not going to do that. Honestly, personally, from my perspective, it should have been something where they could have had two separate challenges, right? And I think you and I talked about this off mic for a little while. It could have been something where they did two challenges. One, that was the challenge that it was where you needed the 12 wins and you get the the, the higher risk reward is there, right, for the 100 gems. But if you just want people to be able to get the card and unlock it early and learn how to play the card first, maybe try it out in a smaller challenge first. Do you win one game, you win the card. You win two games, you win two cards. You win three games, you win three cards. You're done. After that, it's over. A mini challenge. And I don't know, I just feel like that would have been a much smoother transition because then I probably would have tried the bigger, quote-unquote, grander challenge. But I thought it was kind of sad that I paid 100 gems to try and win a rare card. And the top prize, even if I made it there, was 11,000 gold. Do you know what the top prize is for a grand challenge for 100 gems? 22,000. So for, for the same cost, yes, you're getting a new card but you're getting half the gold at the end. So I hear you, but I think you also have to remember that they're also giving you a lot of one-time rewards. So if you do make it to the 12th win on your first try, let's just pretend, you're, you're getting for 100 gems, you're getting all of those one-time rewards. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, one of which is 25,000 gold. Mm-hmm. So then in theory, you're getting the 22,000 plus the 25,000, you know, whatever it is, 11,000 plus the 25,000. So in theory, you're getting more anyway. But right. effectively, after you play it once and you get all of the one-time rewards, the only incentive that you have to play that game again is the fact that one, you can use the heal spell, and two, you're doing a draft challenge. Because normally, classic challenges, 
and grand challenges are not draft, right? They're regular right. build your own best deck, try build your best deck to win. Yeah, that's a good point. I just I don't know, man. I just think that like I think they need to reevaluate the rewards so that they can come up with a better cost of entry. I don't think that the rewards need to be that ridiculously high. Like, I, I just don't think that it should have ever cost 100 gems. And maybe the answer to that is making it cheaper, like, I don't know, 50, and reduce the rewards and how many games it requires to win. I don't know. I just feel like it was a little bit off-putting when you first saw it and played in it, and it took way too many times to get this card. For a rare. For a rare. I totally agree. So as exciting as it was, it was a little bit frustrating. Yep. No, I completely agree. I think they should rework the reward system, whether it's reduce the gold or reduce the rewards or reduce the amount of gems it costs to play it. But what I will say is this. The heal spell seems like it is more offensive than defensive. I am super excited that they took it off their do not implement list or whatever it was called. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how this thing impacts the meta as people become more familiar with it and really learn the best ways to use it within their decks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and for a three-cost card, that's a pretty good value considering how much it actually heals over three seconds. Boom. Boom. So the biggest news that I would probably say has come out of the old Supercell Lab has been announced this week. And for those of you who don't know, Supercell and Clash Royale have announced the first ever what they're calling the Crown Championship. Crown Championship! Boom! So the full name is the Clash Royale Crown Championship Global Series. Um, And essentially, it is exactly what everyone has ever wanted for the Clash Royale competitive scene. Um, And maybe, Joe, you can take us into a little bit more detail as to what's going on and how this works. So effectively what the crown championship is, is a massive open competition to become the greatest Clash Royale player in the world. Highly coveted title. Highly coveted title. The way that they're doing it, dude, is they are breaking this thing up into three categories or three, call it, um, seasons. The first is spring of 2017. The next is fall of 2017. And the finals are the world finals. Those will be happening after the fall, hopefully sometime in the winter. They don't really say. Maybe it'll be in November or sometime. Um, But the coolest part about this whole thing is that over $1 million of prizes are being awarded to players in the first year. Obviously, there are multiple seasons of the league play, international alike, and they will be giving that money out sporadically. But it's just amazing to see that Supercell Clash Royale is investing this much effort into esports. And it's funny because if you remember, Rob, pretty recently, they did have a specific application for casting ah, <laughs> that we did. ironically became a part of. I didn't even put those two things together. That's amazing. So hopefully whoever filled out those applications We wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. We hope, but we can only say that we think those applications were for some of these events, and we cannot wait to see what kind of, one, competition comes out of this stuff, and two, what kind of entertainment. Because to be honest with you, dude, Clash Royale needed this element within the game, and it is going to be super exciting to see how it works out. Yeah, no, I agree. It would also be very cool if they figured out a way to build into the actual game a way for you to watch because um, I believe because there's four phases, right? And we'll go over this. But the last two, I believe, are streamed live. So um, that would be something if they were able to put that in the game in maybe News Royale, that would be an amazing thing or at least a link to be able to watch it. Um, Hopefully they do. But the only things that you really need to consider before doing this is you need to be level eight. Your account needs to be a level eight. Um, The player must be a resident of their respective competitive region, and you must be over the age of 16 in order to be eligible. Um, So the way that this is broken out uh, is in four different phases, as we were saying before. So the first phase is called open play. Phase two is bracket play. Phase three is the top eight, and then phase four is spring finals. Um, So phase one runs May 11th through May 16th, so that actually comes up 
this week, right? Yep. That's amazing. Um, so if you make it past that round, you're going to go into bracket play. Then from there, you're going to move into the top eight. Then from the top eight, you're going to go into the spring finals. And it's really cool, right? Because I think you and I have always talked about the fact that tournaments, as they currently stand now, are more like a free-for-all ladder type format, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a supplementary version of a ladder. And what I think is really cool is the fact that this phase one is open play. And in theory, what that really is, is ladder tournaments. <laughs> but really, if you think about it, that makes sense because all those are, are qualifiers. Once you get in through the qualifiers, you go into true tournament bracket style play. You can also think of those as qualifiers, but in reality, it's more like the quarterfinals, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> you're now being matched up against people that are probably of equivalent skill, and you're going head-to-head versus other people to try and knock them specifically out of the running, as opposed to having these trophy swings back and forth just from one or two wins or losses. And so I think that that's super cool. After that, dude, phase three, like you mentioned, they narrow it down to eight players. It is going to be intense. They're going to be specific games. Eight of the top best players in the world. From there, they drop it down to six. So two players from phase three go away. Spring finals, six players. They go through a double elimination bracket to find out who will be the number one, the best Clash Royale player in the world. And to be honest with you, dude, you need bracket tournaments to do that. I agree. I am uh, ecstatic for this, uh, especially since the competitive scene has been looking for something like this for quite some time. Um, Are you signing up? Are you kidding me? Of course (laughs) I'm signing up, dude. (laughs) I'm actually signing up right now. As we speak. (laughs) Yeah. So needless to say, we're very excited. Um, And really, we think that this is going to be a fantastic thing for the game, for the overall community, and especially the competitive players of this game. I totally agree. So to kind of summarize this, we will be putting a link to the details in the show notes below. That way you guys can check it out, see all of the details. There's much more than we could have ever described there. All the rules, the guidelines, etc. Be sure to check it out. There's also some posts on Reddit. Do not miss it. Get as much information as you possibly can. But don't wait. Because this thing is coming just around the corner, and it will hit you before you know it. Boom. Boom. All right, so we have some chests. Chest openings! Boom! So you got some? I'm, a, I'm assuming you do. I do. What do you got? Dude, I've got a clan chest, a crown chest, and I've got a big dog. Ooh, wow. I actually have the same thing. So let me guess. Little brother never leads. I mean, you already said it. So boom. All right. So I will do my clan chest. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Clan chest. This is a level 10 clan chest. 1620 gold. One inferno tower. That's not bad. No. It's bad that it's one. Correct. (laughs) Seven ice golems. Okay. Seventy-five cannons. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Nineteen Valkyrie. Eh. I don't really play her, but she's all right. One hundred and sixty-four bombers. Meh. Yeah, boob. Moob. Three princes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can get my prince to level six now, by the way. Dude, that's huge. Yeah, too bad I don't play purple flame deck too much. Anymore, but if you did, it'd be right. good. I could always go back to it. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. That's right. And the last card. The log! Oh! Oh! <laughs> No way! Wow! Of course, you go first, and you get a log! Yes. <laughs> uh, so now I'm uh, <laughs> three logs away from a level three log. Dude, what a way to start the clan chest openings. That Boom. was amazing. <laughs> I don't even want to go now. 
It would be a record and a first time for the show, though, if we opened two legendaries on the show. Totally agree. So this is this is the goal now. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, do it. Okay. This is also a level 10 clan chest. 1,620 gold. Boom. Two heal spells. Hey, nice. 33 barbarians. Okay. That's okay, I guess. That's all right. 47 fire spirits. All right, them elementals. 55 royal GGs. Oof. 105 spear goblins. 25 ice golems. And three rage spells. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite a legendary chest. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. But that's okay. You got a legendary. So let's do the next one. Maybe I should go first this time. Maybe I'll get a legendary. But the little brother never leads. That's all right. I'm going to try it. I have a crown chest. Ready? (laughs) Oh, we're actually doing this? All right. I like it. Let's do it. 574 gold. Three gems. Hey. Three gems is a lot. Yeah, they usually do two. I'm impressed with three. Nine stabby goblins. Okay. Eight Inferno Towers. It's way better than one. 64 cannons and one skeleton army. <laughs> wow, nice. Not quite a legendary, <laughs> but I will wait to do my big dog so you can go. Ah. All right, well then my crown chest. If you get another legendary, I'm going to cry. I'll fall over, like off my seat and eat my shoe. Both of them. Yep, at the same time, actually. (laughs) 590 gold. Okay. Three gems. Okay, let's go. 31. Royal GG. GG. 42. Zaps. Zapalap. Zapalap. Yep. Zippity zap. Blah, blah. Eight Inferno Towers, making up for the one from before. Nice. And finally, one Baby Dragon. Boom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll take it. All right, what's your big dog, dude? So my big dog is a giant chest. So I think Ooh. it's safe to say that I won't get a legendary in this one. Safe to say. But safe to say. you never know. Yeah. Well, All right. Unless it glitches out. Give it a go, dude. Ready? Giant chest! Ready! 2,119 gold. That is big, dude. That is huge. I'm almost at 20,000 gold, which is exactly what I need for a level 9 rocket. Boom. One bowler. Okay. 33 Valkyries. It's like the game heard me be upset with it the last time it gave it to me. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. I'm going to give you more this time. You want some more of those? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You don't use them? Okay, no worries. I'll give you some more. (sighs) And the last card, 294 Royal Giants. Royal GG, dude. That one's like Royal GG times two. Yeah, that's Royal GGG. GGGGG. Oh, perfect. Now I can donate to Soup and give him some Royal Giants because I have so many to give away. Boom. Ah, and you have a big dog. I do have a big dog, and this one is a magical chest. Ooh, Arena 11. Magical chest. Here we go. I'm ready. 797 gold. 11 cannons. Okay. 14 knights. Mortar Mauler, baby. Need that, man. 18 arrows. Mortar Mauler, baby. All right. Wait, how many cards do you have left? Four. Okay. 22 bombers. All right. 29 fire spirits. Oh. 25 
dart goblins. All right, that's pretty good. I don't know how I feel about the dart goblin. Like I, I, I feel like with me and the dart goblin, we just don't have a connection. Don't get I, along. I need, I need to figure. I need to know what's going through the dart goblin's mind at certain times, and I just feel like he's chewing his gum too loud <laughs> while he's like, while he's blowing the didgeridoo or whatever him it's and, called. Him and his didgeridoo. Yeah, the didgeridoo. It's just like he's too preoccupied, and like I just don't understand what he's doing. So, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't like this card. You know what you need? You know what the dart goblin needs? I'll give you a suggestion. Take this one to the bank, Supercell. You ready? Ready. Make the dart goblin poison troops when it spits its dart. Oh, and I have a better suggestion. Making him make him a flying unit that moves very fast, and not only does he poison troops that he attacks, but he also plants a bomb in them where when they die they blow up and they poison more troops. And then he uh. automatically counters Sparky because Sparky when it gets shot just implodes and the game's over. That sounds like that card should cost ten. Yeah, well, I'd use it. Yeah, you would. And my last card, <laughs> we finally made it. All right. The last card, four Expos, which is pretty good. I just wish I had enough of them to get to level six. <laughs> yeah, that would be a really fun uh, Siege deck to play. I actually really, really, really want to try a good uh, Expo deck because I feel like you don't see them enough. And when you do see one, you're like, ah, no, I don't know. Nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this at all, especially with another siege deck like that's just a recipe for disaster yeah man and when you play somebody that's really good with siege decks it's like it's just super discouraging you just don't want to play anymore yeah because really really you're playing a deck that's meant to be offensive and not defensive as much as it is when you're playing a uh, against an expo deck and you have to pretty much be all defensive when you're playing against that kind of deck totally agree so regardless of our feelings of siege decks. That was a pretty good chest opening. You got a log! I can't believe I got it in the first chest. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent convinced that that has happened before. I don't know either, but I'm just ecstatic. Good, you should be. I really, really wanted you to get one, because the day that we get legendaries on the show together, I think the universe explodes actually. So maybe we shouldn't do it. Yeah, that's right. We should plan this accordingly. We have to have some strategy here, Rob. Right, we don't want true. the world to end because of us opening legendaries on the same episode. Valid point, valid point, valid point. All right, so without further ado, let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. Boom. Boom. And this deck, lovingly called Pump It Up, is a 3.6 average elixir cost deck, um, and it contains the elixir pump, the goblin gang, skeletons, zap, hog rider, boom, ice spirit, three musketeers, and the knight. And now correct me if I'm wrong, before you go into the explanation, this was a deck that you found from Clash with Ash, correct? Yes, sir. So Clash with Ash recently put up a video with Clash Royale Professional Bag. And he did a complete in-depth tutorial on this deck. And I absolutely fell in love with the deck. It was super, super awesome to watch play. And I had to adopt it, had to try and figure it out. And I did incorporate it into a couple of my, 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 my challenge decks. And to be honest with you, dude, I love it. Nice. I'm excited. Let's hear it. All right. So let's dive into each card and talk about how they play in the deck. Before we do that, let's just talk about the deck. Overall, this deck is a cycle deck. It is mm -hmm. a 3.6 average elixir cost deck. But to be honest with you, the only reason it is even that high is because the three musketeers at nine cost sit in it. Otherwise, every single other card that you have is either four, three, two, or one cost. And it is just amazing at cycling. So, how you play this deck is simple. The first card is the namesake of the deck. And it is the Elixir Pump. This card is your main point of emphasis for the first two minutes of the game before the time goes into double Elixir time. Throughout this point, you really want to cycle your cards, cycle your skeletons, 
cycle your ice spirit, cycle your, your goblin gang, and ultimately you just want to defend because your defensive answers to your opponent's offensive troops are typically cheap and very cyclable, as we just talked about. Now, what that allows you to do is to defend effectively while cycling back to your next pump. And the cool thing is, within 20 seconds or so, you can have two pumps down on the battlefield. And generating elixir with this deck is ultimately what's going to allow you to win the game. Because at the end of the day, you're going to wind up using three musketeers in the back behind your towers, or maybe in the front depending on, on what your opponent has. And you're going to be able to split push two lanes and have enough elixir to not only do that effectively, but oh by the way, ensure that you have enough elixir to do it again as soon as that push is done. The goblin gang in this deck is just absolutely tremendous. You can use this card so effectively. The fact that it cannot be killed by a zap is just amazing. And it allows you to have so many different options on the defensive end against so many different kinds of troops. The key with this card is to punish your opponent when they do not have their log. So if they use their log to assist them with a offensive hog push, or if they use the log to kill your three musketeers, you want to absolutely punish them by playing your goblin gang. Because effectively, the log is one of the only spells aside from, you know, the, the arrows that effectively kills the goblin gang without having to worry about any cleanup, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about the skeletons already, but ultimately you're going to use these for cheap defensive purposes, force a spell out of your opponent and make them go on the negative elixir um, disadvantage. You're also going to use these to cycle. Now the cool thing about the skeletons is that they're super, super cheap, but if they're left alone, they're going to do a lot of damage. When given the option, if you know your opponent has to use a spell anyway, you probably want to throw these guys out because they're the cheapest unit that you have aside from the ice spirit and it will it will cause your opponent to use a spell so you might as well cycle your card and force them to have a negative elixir trade at the same time ultimately that's going to win you the game in the long run the next card is the zap the zap is really good in this deck a lot of people like to switch it out with the log and the reason why a lot of people like to do that is because the lock is just ultimately better. It's more effective. It can kill Goblin Gang. It can kill a princess. It pushes troops back and displaces them, causes them to target onto different things. But ultimately, the sole purpose of the zap in this deck is because it's instant. You don't have to worry about pre-logging in order to have the same effect of just zapping something. Right, yeah, that's a good point. When you use the log, you have to use it preemptively in order for it to have an instant effect mm -hmm. if you wait by the time you use it it's kind of already too late right with the zap you can kind of just hover your finger over plop it down and it's instantly applied and the coolest thing about that is that if you think about it when you're using a split push three musketeer you're going to have two musketeers going down one lane and one going down the other effectively your opponent when you're split pushing is probably going to put a swarm of troops around one set of musketeers and a tanky troop on the other side. Well, whichever side they put the swarm of troops on, you're just going to instantly zap them. And it makes dealing with them so much easier. Keeps your musketeers alive and keeps the threat up against your opponent's towers. The next card is the Hog Rider. Now, the Hog Rider has a very unique role in this deck as opposed to other decks. Now, we mentioned that this is a cycle deck. Now, the cool thing is that, like I said before, you can cycle pumps. But the other thing is, you can cycle your hog rider too, right? So right. you can, if you see that your opponent is using a beatdown deck, you can cycle your pumps to the point where you're generating elixir significantly faster than your opponent is. And oh, by the way, you can also push opposite lanes from your opponent when they start developing their push. The Hog Rider is super, super useful, but the best use for the Hog Rider, aside from split pushing and keeping your opponent off guard, is the fact that it acts as a tank when you're split pushing with the three musketeers. Interesting. I'm not sure I've ever seen that happen before. And we will get to that in just a second after I talk about the knight. Hmm. So the knight is your main tank in the deck. It should be used when your opponent is using offensive abilities like a knight graveyard 
right? Because you don't want to get caught up with using your goblin gang because right. that's probably going to get poisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, you're going to use this against any any offensive range troop that's coming across the river, like a musketeer or wizard, etc. At the end of the day, the main purpose and best use for this card, aside from defending, is the offensive counter push that it presents. If you can split up your three musketeers in the back, and you eventually have enough elixir being generated, because, oh, by the way, you've been cycling your pumps for the first two minutes of the game. Right. By the time your musketeers get to the river, you can drop a knight in front of one set, and you can drop your hog in front of the other side. And that causes two extremely difficult situations for your opponent to deal with. Effectively, they have to be able to perfectly counter with whatever cards are currently in their hand two very very deadly split pushes you're at that point going to want to have your ice spirit and your zap queued up because ultimately the only way that you're going to lose the game is if they can effectively defend with swarm troops that can stop your 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 push so i like it have you found that this deck doesn't play well or play friendly against specific decks The thing about this deck, dude, is that it is super, super versatile. And you might think that you only have certain types of answers for air decks, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you have Zap, you have Goblin Gang, you have plenty of troops that can kite air away, Mm -hmm. and you have the three Musketeers. The biggest problem that you're going to run into when you're facing things like Lava Loon, or as I love to call it, the Lava Lava decks, (laughs) you're going to get caught up with troop placement and it's going to be very easy for you to get caught up in the fact that you're going to want to throw all three musketeers on one lane the issue that you're going to run into is that your opponent is likely going to have a direct counter like a fireball or a rocket etc try your best not to get caught up in dropping your three musketeers all in one lane even if you have a lava hound coming down that one lane it typically works better to split these musketeers up in the long run, because ultimately, if your opponent is focusing constantly on attacking, they are not focusing on defending. The split push in the end will kill them, especially if they're focusing on one tower. In the long run, you win the game. Now, the number one advice that I will give about this deck, never, ever, 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 ever give up. Because to be honest with you, dude, you can go from being almost three-crowned and having no towers taken from their end. Mm-hmm. To absolutely destroying them. Because the power for this deck is amazing. And you can you can take two towers in like 10 seconds if you have your split push going the right way. Sounds like my kind of deck, honestly. It's super hard to get used to, especially if you're not a three musketeers player. I don't know, maybe one time we've ever deck spotlighted a, a three musketeers deck before this episode. Right. While I was playing this deck. Like I said, I watched the Clash with Ash YouTube video. I would highly recommend you guys go check that out because it was super helpful. He did give plenty of tips and tricks. You see some awesome gameplay. And I took it into into some challenges, got 10 wins on my first try, and it is just absolutely amazing how much power this thing has. We have the link, right? We can put it in the show notes for people to check out. We will put Clash with Ash's YouTube video in the show notes. Boom. Boom. All right. Nice job. Um, so we did get a handful of reviews uh, for iTunes this week, or I guess technically over the last two weeks. Uh, we got 12. So we're reading three. Uh, so the first one is from PJ3Money from the United States, and they write, Phenomenal podcast. They are very entertaining. I love the deck spotlight. I would love it if they could have more CR pros like Woody on. Because of Woody and his deck, I am almost to League 3 with having a previous trophy high at 4,090. Yeah, so PJ3, thanks so much for your review. We love the fact that you're loving the deck spotlights. We put a lot of time and effort into those. We're super excited that you were almost able to hit Challenger 3 with Woody's deck and advice, but have no fear. We will be having some more pros on in the future, whether it's Esopa in the future or some other names that you may or may not have heard of before, but they're in the queue. Boom. Boom. And then the next one is from JW Hartline from the United States, and they write, great review incoming. 
Boom. The name of the show is definitely misleading. This isn't just for the casual player, it's for everyone. I like to think of myself as a competitive player and I enjoy the show a lot. Side note, I'm not really competitive in the sense that I am ranked, but I am always somewhere floating around the 4000s. But that aside, this show is funny and enjoyable for everyone. Many people say they listen with kids, but I am in high school and love to listen myself. I always find something new that I didn't know, and I know everyone else who listens will agree that this podcast is always something to look forward to in the oncoming weeks. Boom. What say you to that? Boom. Dude, this review though. I know. Yeah, this was a good one. I feel like we've always been a, a, a casual cast royale podcast, you know, but I feel like certain aspects of us like tend to dip our toe into the non-casual side. You know, like we're, we're, we like we like teeter with it a little bit here and there. <laughs> we can't we can't even call it a, uh, the competitive side. We have to call it non-casual. That's right, because I don't necessarily know if we're tip if we're like on the competitive scene yet. But, <laughs> but I would love to be. Yeah. Um. Me too. Uh, so thank you, JW Heartline. We really appreciate the review and thank you so much for the kind words. And we look forward to putting out new episodes just as much as you look forward to getting them. Boom. Triple boom. Would you like to read the last one? Because I feel like this one has your name written all over it. <laughs> well, of course. All right. So the last review is from Creepy Snowman from <laughs> Canada. Wait, so he's from Canada, which is normally cold and frozen, and he is a creepy snowman. And he is a creepy snowman. This is one of the better names that we've ever read. I'm already loving this one. All right, well, Creepy Snowman is not melting, and he writes, as entertaining as an OT rocket. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Brothers Rob and Joe bring you an outstanding bi-weekly podcast. Though they're too modest to admit it, their hodgepodge of everything podcast manages to touch on everything a casual player of Clash Royale would want to know. In-game news and balance change discussion, unique decks to try when you're looking to switch things up, a weekly meta check to find out what's hot, what's not, and what's a dirty rotten lava hound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Chest openings. Sometimes you actually do get a legendary. <laughs> weekly progress reports for when you do want to hear when someone else is hitting a trophy death spiral. All of this is delivered in a fun, lively way that is totally family-friendly. And if that's not enough, the guys have built a great Discord community that's very welcoming and a fantastic place to find a new clan, learn some new tips and tricks, and even get access to weekly tournaments. What are you waiting for? Get on your hog, jump over the river, and hit the subscribe button. Boom. Boom. That review, I think, is the epitome of what our show is about. I actually love the play-by-play of almost every single thing we've ever put into one, two, three, all of our shows. Um, this was fantastic. I, I really, really like this review a lot. Boom. Totally agree, dude. Couldn't, I, yeah. I, this one had me smiling from ear to ear when I read it. I know, and I love, I love the emphasis on do when, uh, when he wrote, sometimes you do get a legendary as, as, as this episode has shown us. Rob got the log! <laughs> yeah, so Creepy Snowman from Frosty Canada, thank you so much for this review. You, I don't even think that Joe and I could have summed up our show more eloquently than you have. So thank you so much, and we're glad that that review is actually on the iTunes store for other people to see. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then huge shout-outs to our remaining nine. Again, if I don't say the country, they are from the United States. So huge shout out to Cunning Stunts, Creeper Hunter 681, Charlie, New York, Louis 2004 from Germany, How Do You Get Him from Canada, Sam 33D, Wessie from the United Kingdom, Legend Wolf 2003 from Hong Kong, and last but not least, Brown Man from Canada. Brown Man from Canada. Boom! Thank you all so much for leaving us iTunes reviews. Uh, as we say every single time on the show, it is the number one way you can help us reach more people. Um, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, please do so. It helps us rise up in the ranks, and we may just read it on the show. Boom. Boom. And we also got two, count them, two 
patrons this week. Huge shout-outs to Russell, Gulter, and Rick Cummings. Yeah, so Russell and Rick, thank you so, so much for helping support our show, taking your hard-earned money, and supporting what we do so that we can continue to deliver fresh, awesome, fun, and relevant content to our listeners. You are the backbone, you are part of the crew, and we cannot, we cannot, words cannot describe (laughs) how thankful and appreciative we are. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you. Um, And for those of you who do want to become a patron, um, as we mentioned in the show last time, the link that is normally in the show notes was broken. So if you were looking to be a part of that, um, you can click the link now and it should bring you to exactly where you need to go. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become part of the backbone of this show and get some cool swag in return as a nice thank you. Boom. Boom. And we also got a PayPal sponsorship this week. PayPal tournament sponsorship. Boom. From Cameron Solu, one of our patrons, and we will absolutely be sponsoring at least one tournament in his name. That's right. We are trying to figure out whether we want to have one massive tournament or a couple of smaller ones. Cameron is a member of the Discord. He is an elder in Cast Royale 2. He is a patron. He contributes more than we could ever, ever, ever ask anyone to contribute to what we do. So Cameron, a huge thank you to you for what you do and what you have done for us and for the community. Boom. Yes. Could not agree more, and I don't think I could add anything better than that. So if you would like to join our clans, because we may be doing a refresh pretty soon, You can send the invitation to our clan, and in the invitation, please write the word podcast so we know that you came from here. That's right. And as always, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. Yes, and that is the best way to get the latest news, any updates, especially if something is happening with us. And we're doing some cool giveaways on Twitter now, so might want to join in on that. iTunes and Google Play giveaways! Yes. Um, if you would like to join our Discord, please go to castrealpodcast.com slash Discord. Um, the link is also in the show notes. Again, quick reminder, we remove the password to the page, so you no longer need a password to get the link to our Discord channel. So hop on in there, get in the Discord, join the conversation, and join the community. Boom. Boom. And as we mentioned last episode, you can now find our podcast episodes posted on YouTube by searching youtube.com slash Podcast. Yes, and we still have our uh, year one edition t-shirts and other swag up and running on Teespring. So if you go to teespring.com slash year one edition, the link is in the show notes. But if you go there, you can get some serious swag, help support the show, especially if you're not ready to commit to doing monthly payments. This is a great way for you to support the show with a one-time donation and get some really cool stuff in return. That's right. Not to mention 10% of those proceeds do go to charity, so it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, please take our not ever in a single day of the year updated survey for the show because never updated survey that's right it takes two minutes to fill out and it's only a handful of questions so if you could just uh you know take our 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 again not updated survey it would greatly help us out boom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is how you end a show it's how you end a podcast baby how do it you is. feel feel pretty good you got the log we talked about some esports that were coming up a pretty sick three musketeer pump it up deck spotlight a couple of swag booms here boom what about some boom swags as opposed to a oh, swag some boom, boom some dude you've got some boom swags some swag booms you got the lava hounds the lava lava lavas lava lavas <laughs> i love the lava <laughs> lavas dude lava lava is amazing yeah um so i cannot wait to go to london I hope everybody enjoys this episode while I am gone. And if there is nothing else, we will see you next time for wait, another. Wait, 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 wait. You have to say this in a British accent. Go. The ending? Close us out in British. Oh, man. In, in true English speak.
I can't wait to hear you mess this up. Oh my gosh. So, if there is nothing else. No, now I just sound <laughs> a Scottish. Let's try it again. So <laughs> oh, that was, ter that was uh, terrible. It's terrific. What do you mean? That was horrendous. Oh. So, if there is nothing else, get ready for a hodgepodge of everything. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So, if there is nothing else, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs>